to the Novel Hand Podcast. Today is Monday, November 23rd, and I'm your host, Alexa. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Liberty, the founder of Manic Metallic, and we talked a little bit about sustainability and fashion. So you're the founder and editor-in-chief of Manic Metallic. I'm excited to hear about the publication's mission and what you're doing, but first, I just wanted to ask you about how you first got interested in fashion. Oh, well, so I first became interested in fashion from, from a young age. So around age eight, I became interested in the industry and, well, I mean, I'm eight. I'm not interested in the industry. I'm interested in fashion and clothes. Right. And so where I got started was um, making clothes for my dolls, you know, I, and from talking to like a lot of fashion people since getting into the industry now, it's, it seems like that's how a lot of us start. We find like scraps of clothing around the house. We make stuff for our animals and dolls and stuff. And then from there, the interest just grows. So for me, that grew to starting to read fashion magazines and, you know, like developing my own style, even as an elementary schooler. And then that went to, oh, I want to be, well, of course I was making clothes for dolls. So I want to be a fashion designer. Then mm-hmm. I decided, you know, I, I don't think that I enjoy fashion design. Maybe I'll do modeling. And so I actually did do modeling as a teen and also a bit in my early 20s. And, you know, after that, I just decided that I wanted to, I've always wanted to own my own business. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted something that, unlike modeling, allows me to have more control over my own affairs. And so that's when I thought to myself, you know, I'm really good at writing. And I love fashion and just combine it into fashion journalism. Yeah. And that's how Manic Metallic eventually got started. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think I've had a similar journey of, okay, I like writing and I'm interested in this topic. And so how can I combine those? Well, I'll write about it. Um, so then you start Manic Metallic. Where does the name come from? So it's a combination of things. Manic at at the time, what I did to come up with the name was I, I really like whiteboarding. So I sat down with the whiteboard and wrote down a lot of things. I want to make sure it was something that was interesting, but it didn't sound like uh, where does weird name come from. So Manic mm-hmm. comes from just how crazy that my life was at the time. I've always had like an element of chaos, you know, whether, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, hey, Manic sounds good. And Metallic is Andy Warhol inspired, actually. He's one of my favorite artists. And um, one of the things that he did as an artist in New York City was he had this place called a factory. Mm-hmm. It was where he and a lot of creatives would go and just like commune and be creative people. And he took the walls of his studio and he put aluminum foil over the entire thing. And of course, where you can fit aluminum foil, I think that they did like silver paint. And so I thought, hey, this is a really neat thing. And when I got an apartment in my early 20s, I was actually thinking to myself, I want to do this. And of course, I did not end up doing that because mm-hmm. I mean, how many boxes of aluminum foil that have been? Um, so I just, I thought that was a neat idea. And I was like, oh, metallic. I'll put those two together. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's definitely um, an intriguing name and I wanted to, to hear about where 
um, where it came from. That's awesome. So one yeah. of Manic Metallic's goals is to use its platform to transform the view um, that many of many of us have of fashion as this disposable good. How did you first learn about some of those environmental and social concerns associated with the fashion industry? So sustainability wasn't my strong suit starting off. And even now I would never claim to be an expert in sustainability. So where I started off learning about about that and the issues that fashion was having, um, really just reading, reading magazines, reading like industry publications, reading other, um, like reading other Instagram accounts that will list out, you know, hey, this is what, like this is a percentage of fashion that goes into a landfill. And you know, just like a lot of learning from other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, just, yeah, so just like some people have a, um, a strength in writing about fashion and art and creativity like I do, um, I figure, you know, this isn't my strong suit. I'm going to learn from other people. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, I am I'm a person that I love learning and I have no qualms about admitting that I am out of my depth with something and I need to search out other sources. So yeah, a lot of it was reading industry publications. Um, social media has been really helpful too. Yeah, yeah, I found that as well. Um, there's there's so many good resources out there, and, and a lot of times the best way to start that journey is just by um, joining other people who are also who are also learning about those topics. Tell me um, what you mean by the view of fashion as a disposable good. Well, there are a couple of things that I mean by it. The first being that in a very literal sense, people dispose of fashion at a very high rate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it I feel is driven by fast fashion, like the Forever 21s of the world or um, the H&Ms, even though I know that they have their recycling initiative going, but but still. um, So those types of things, basically fashion... I feel like a lot of people see it as, hey, you know, I'm going to wear this piece of clothing to this one event, and then I'm going to just stick it in my closet, maybe not wear it anymore, and then, oh, now I'm tired of it, I'm going to throw this away, or, you know, if you're, if you're really trying to be sustainable, maybe you give it to a, um, a thrift shop or something, but, right, and that's if the clothing even lasts, if it doesn't last, if it's not quality, then it's just going to, deteriorate and then you know people think oh it's just a piece of clothing I'll get another one and and that cycle just continues Mm -hmm. and then there are people that are just really interested in fashion and they're so obsessed with trends that oh you know what I'll get something that is in trend this season but then it goes out of trend next season Mm -hmm. and they're like oh I'm gonna get rid of this now and get something else that's on trend yeah Um, so yeah, that, that's part of it. And another way that fashion is a disposable good, that the, the way that people see it as one, is I think really not respecting it as anything other than, hey, this is something that I'm putting on my body and I can just like keep switching things out here. I don't have to think about, oh, is, is fashion doing good things for the environment? Is it saving the planet? Is it being fair to its lower end workers. I feel like not everyone, but a lot of people don't go that far when they're thinking about clothing. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's easy to just see it as something you're buying from a store. And then when you get rid of it, well, it's, you know, it's not useful to me anymore. And not to think about those other effects that, you know, come on the production side, but also on the other side when you, when you do dispose of it. Um, So when we talk about those fast fashion brands, the Forever 21s, those kind of companies, and then these other more sustainable brands, like maybe, you know, Everlane or Nisolo or Able, um, where do you, as, you know, within the fashion industry and as a journalist, where do you sort of draw the line between those two? Is there a way to say, you know, these brands are fast fashion, these ones are sustainable? Um, Is there sort of a clear line between the two? And how do you sort of differentiate um, between those different types of brands? So I never thought to differentiate between these brands as in like there's a specific line, but what I both think is that actually I think that fast fashion is more, of course you've got the obvious ones like Forever 21, but I think of it as a mindset also again, hmm. where you know, you've got these companies that churn out these clothing for I don't know, maybe cents on a dollar. And then they'll so, you know, you buy a t-shirt for like $3. You look at a t-shirt for $3 and at first you think, and I was guilty of this also in my younger days. So I'm like, I'm like no saint here. You know, we'll look at a t-shirt for $3 and we'll think, oh, well, this is a great deal. I'm going to buy seven of them for $20. But then how is it, how is a t-shirt $3? An entire piece of clothing being sold in a store. That store is not going to sell a piece of clothing for $3. If it's, it's not going to sell anything if it's not making a profit off of it. Yeah. So, you, so you know, you have to think, okay, well, this company isn't, this company is probably treating its workers poorly. It's probably paying them mere cents. They probably can't survive. So, so that's one way that I think of fast fashion um, and, and another way that I think of it is, you know, maybe you have companies that are slightly better than Forever 21. Mm-hmm. But there's this mindset again of wanting to constantly be on trend. If, you, if you've got something for the fall, winter 2020 season, like you bought it and then you're tired of it the next season because now it's spring, summer of 2021. And then you're throwing that out as a company I feel like that is, that's in a way fast fashion as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's different, I definitely like that idea of it as, as sort of a mindset and maybe not, you know, so easy to define. Um, So we have this issue of fast fashion and um, the issues that happen in production and the supply chain. How are you working to sort of transform, transform that mindset? Um, and, And, and what can we do to be, to be, creating change in that area? Well, to change the mindset, one of, one of the things that Manic does, um, one of our, um, like one of our sayings that we have is that fashion is an art and also a discipline. So we try to treat, we try to treat it as an art and respect it in a disciplinary fashion, um, <laughs> pun intended there. So, what that entails is treating fashion as the creative form that it is. A lot of work goes into, you know, paying attention to society and where it's going. And then the designers say, oh, you know what? How can I take that and 
create something based on my own imagination, my own interests and what people want. And then creating these clothing that, you know, at their best are, you know, really quality and made by really good craftspeople. And, and then it gets to a store. And again, if it's quality and it's made well, then I think that it should be considered an art form. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we start considering fashion as an art, instead of just this flimsy uh, throwaway product to be worn maybe one time mm-hmm. and never used again, then, you know, basically if we think of fashion as an art, then we're going to be a lot less likely to have a fast fashion mindset. We'll right. keep what we own. We won't so much care about, hey, this is out of trend and I ain't wearing it anymore. I mean, first off, trends come around, you know, again and again so much that, you know, it'll probably be back in trend in the next three to four years. Right. You know, because fashion's a very quick moving industry. So I know that's a mouthful, but basically if we treat fashion as a product to be respected, as an art, as something that takes a lot of work to create and also respect fashion as its own field with its own history, then... I think that that will contribute to respecting the garments more and, you know, having us not be as environmentally unfriendly. So I think that that's the main thing that Manic's doing right now to help to change that mindset. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the future, you know, we've got things coming up like a sustainability series where we're going to basically be putting up articles on our publication website you know, letting our readers know, hey, this is where you can purchase sustainable goods. This is, these are designers that you can support. These are some basic stats about sustainability and fashion and how they intersect. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be ongoing. So, so that's something that we're looking at doing in the future and um, should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that focus on, on fashion as an art because it really, I think that really that shift in mindset helps consumers and anyone interested in fashion. I mean, and everyone mm-hmm. wears clothes, you know, to focus really on quality, um, which, you know, if we talk about the economy at large, you know, there's not always that focus on quality. It, it is more about quantity and definitely fast fashion. We see that that obsession with quantity and which leads to, to fashion being so disposable. But I can definitely see how that sh- that shift in mindset um, to seeing fashion as art leads to a greater focus on quality um, and ultimately makes makes the industry more sustainable um, as a result. And, and really excited. Tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, what your goals are for Manic Metallic moving forward. You mentioned that sustainability series, but what else do you see, you know, in the future um, for Manic? So there are so many things that I have for Manic in the future that I'd like to do. And a lot of it would have started this year. And obviously that's been derailed. So maybe 2021. Um, A couple of things off the top of my head that I'd like to get started with as soon as the coronavirus pandemic subsides, because a lot of what we have planned involves going out and meeting people and building partnerships and collaborating. I'd like to start... A, um, I like to start a discussion series where 
you know, Manic Metallic goes to different cities and, you know, we have groups of perhaps like 15 to 20 people or so. And we talk about different subjects every, maybe every month, then just like raise awareness around these important issues mm-hmm. in the industry, like sustainability and diversity, et cetera. So discussion series, certainly. Um, I'm looking at a possibility of creating a printed version of Manic Metallic. It'd be biannual. Um, print was never a focus of ours to start. You know, we wanted to keep it as an online publication. And, but we thought, you know, the more that we are digging into the industry and finding these really talented creatives and you know, all of these issues that need to be talked about and spread out on a wider level to people, we're thinking, you know, even if a printed version wasn't a focus of ours to start, it would be a great way to give exposure to creatives that sure. deserve to have that exposure to the general public. So say if I'd say discussion groups, printed version, we'd like to create some partnerships to start a few fashion exhibitions Mm-hmm. Perhaps like certain galleries and things around, well, we're based on the East Coast, so it will start here and then hopefully expand. Um, so yeah, those are a few things and there's a lot more, but, you know, I don't want to awesome. take a few about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely um, have seen how, how COVID has changed our plans as well. Um, but I'm really excited. Yeah, a, a print issue sounds really interesting. Um so in, in the remaining time that we have, I was wondering, what are some of your favorite um, sustainable and ethical brands in the fashion industry? Well, I'll give three. So I have always admired what Stella McCartney does. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, she's extremely um, sustainable and environmentally responsible. And she's led on that from really from the beginning, in my view. So I say that she's certainly a favorite of mine. Um, Gabriella Hurst, I admire what she does. Um, she tries to be as sustainable as possible um, to the point where, you know, she shows generally in New York City for Fashion Week, but she moved operations out to Paris, at least for this season. I don't know if she plans on staying out there, but basically it's a, a thought of, you know, I want to be closer to my suppliers. So, so yeah, I admire for that. And I actually don't know whether to name this one or not. I like Reformation, but I know that they've had a um, they've had a really big problem with um, with diversity recently, mm-hmm. treating workers fairly, and so um, so that's been really unfortunate. I mean, I like their clothing, but not really liking that particular thing. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely. Um... It's definitely a challenge because some brands lead on certain issues, um, but then um, we find out that, you know, other issues are not doing as strong and, you know, can't expect any brand to be perfect, but there's definitely some things that um, are non-negotiables and there's some give and take there as well. Um, are there any any upcoming style trends that Novel Hand podcast listeners should be aware of in the coming year? Well, I, from observing the fashion weeks that have just passed that it looks like designers are um i feel like they're teetering between 
being optimistic about us being back to normal and being able to go out and dress up and have like these really nice and showy garments, a lot of elegance. And, you know, that's one side of things, but then also thinking, hey, we don't quite know whether we're going to be out of the pandemic just yet. So a lot of the collections for the spring, summer 2021 season have still centered around you know, having like nice, relaxed clothing, um, sure. you know, sweatsuits and um, sweatsuits, pajamas, things like that. And it's, I mean, I have mixed feelings about that because I'm a person that I enjoy dressing up. I mm -hmm. love fashion. I mean, obviously that's why I created Matic Metallic. But um, so yeah, I mean, definitely keep, a, keep an eye on that. I think that, again, designers are just unsure, just like the rest of us, where we're going. Are we going to still be more casual? Can we go out more often? So there aren't any specific trends that I would say to keep an eye out for. Okay. I mean, there are some commonalities to be sure, but I would say just look for there to be either one extreme or the other extreme, depending mm -hmm. on like the person that you're looking at their style. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. And then lastly, I like to ask our guests this question. Do you consider yourself to be an activist and why or why not? So I, in my past, I have done a lot of activist work. You know, I've gone to, I've gone to protests. I've worked with organizations on behalf of political campaigns. I don't do so much of either of those anymore. Um, now, these days, I consider my way of contributing to causes to be being behind the pin, so to speak, at Manic Metallic and shining, basically shining a light on issues that need to be addressed, like diversity in fashion mm -hmm. and um, sustainability coming up and things like that. So I would say that I don't so much consider myself to be an activist in a traditional sense, but what I do consider myself to be is a journalist. And the job of a journalist is to basically take those issues that maybe people wouldn't otherwise know as much about and just bring knowledge to people and shine a light on them and give them the tools that they need to be able to form their own opinions and make their own decisions and contribute to the cause in a way that they see fit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think journalism is such is such a powerful way to do that, um, to spread that information and to raise awareness. That's really awesome. Thank you so right. much, Liberty. This It's been great to, to get to hear about Manic Metallic and um, how your, you know, mindset on fashion um, can really be a vehicle for sustainability. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. 